You're listening to the Finchwood Discipleship Podcast. My name is Matthew, and as your host, my mission is to help you discover who God is and what it means to live as a citizen of His kingdom. Greetings, Finchwood listeners. This episode is a follow-up to Season 3, Episode 4, which you probably just listened to. That episode was called, How to Find and Join a Church. After it was released, I got a feedback email from a listener who had some additional questions about the practical aspects of what it looks like to actually go church shopping, as it's sometimes called. So, listener Michael writes, Hey, so in the How to Find and Join a Church episode, I'm curious if you have any specific way of going about actually searching for churches. Is Google a good place to start, or are there networks of churches on each denomination's website or something like that that would be better than Google? Also, how much should I take the denomination into consideration? And, considering the range of clothing types in different churches, what would a good standard for clothes be? As in, across the board, is business casual the best or something like that? Really enjoyed the episode, smiley face, appreciate the podcast, signed, Michael, another smiley face. So those are great follow-up questions, and I would like to thank Michael for asking them. Looking back at episode 4, I see now that I talked a lot about what different kinds of churches you might find out there, and what signs to look for to see if one is reasonably healthy, and even what to do once you've chosen a church and you want to join it, but I didn't say nearly as much as I could have on those practical details, the step-by-step process of actually searching for a church. So. Let's get into that. As you're looking for a church, let me lay down a short list of basic principles that govern the whole search process. And by the way, I'll try the best I can not to repeat stuff from episode 4. However, since this is a new episode, I may end up reviewing a little bit here and there for context. Anyway, governing principle number one is, first and foremost, do whatever God tells you to do. If he says to go to or even don't go to this or that church, trust him. This is somewhat rare, but it's a lot less rare than you might think. Even if you don't hear a direct yes or no from God, be constantly looking to him for direction throughout the process. Pray about it and ask him for wisdom, because the Bible promises he will give you wisdom if you ask. Principle number two is, without a direct, clear communique from heaven, what you're primarily looking for is a church that you can join in a healthy way. That material was largely covered in episode 4, so I'm not going to reiterate all of it. What I will say this time around is that there are a lot of different values that people try to pit against each other, like being focused on praise and worship, or being a church that really knows and reads the Bible, or praying well, or having lots of fellowship opportunities, or being socially minded and active in your community. A lot of the time, this part of the conversation is framed as a sort of balance that doesn't overemphasize any one of those points. Or worse yet, they make it sound like if you do one of those well, the others will have to be neglected, so you have to choose which kind of church you're going to go to. Is it going to be a Bible church or a praise and worship church? And you can't have both. And I completely disagree with that. Ideally, you want a church that wholeheartedly pursues all of those points because if they're following Jesus, and since he cares about all those things, they should also care about all those things. Principle number three is that all things being equal, I recommend against just accepting the first church that you try out. 
even if it has a lot going for it. Searching for a new church is a great opportunity to broaden your horizons, especially if there's some group that you've been curious about. Let's say, for example, that you grew up Methodist. It can't hurt to at least visit an Eastern Orthodox church or hang out with some Quakers or try a Pentecostal church for a week or two. Keep an open mind and take this chance to experience something very different from what you're used to. Even if you don't end up there, there is something of value in exposing yourself to different traditions within Christianity and rubbing elbows with people who are your spiritual extended family even if they don't look or sound or worship at all like you do. Frankly, I suggest even doing that if you're not currently looking for a church because of that value. On that note, and this would be point number four, denomination is a factor, but I don't think it's a super important one. Denominational differences are becoming less and less stark contrasts than they used to be, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of them merging over the next few decades because It's not as important as it used to be for people to go, well, we're Baptists, or we're this, or we're that. It's also worth mentioning that even within a denomination, no two churches are the same. Just because a church is affiliated with, say, the Presbyterian Church of America, that doesn't tell you a whole lot about what they as an individual congregation are actually like, and what the unique culture is within their community. I mean, if you know that you personally prefer a certain organization over others, then it probably makes sense to start there. But even then, just like I said, I would still encourage you to visit other churches. Wherever you do decide to attend, just know that you might end up in fellowship with people who don't quite see eye to eye with you on every point of theology or practice. But as long as you can coexist with them, as long as you can worship alongside them, and appreciate them as brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow travelers on this journey toward following Jesus, it's not that big of a deal. And that really leads me to point number five. No church is perfect. Sure, some are much closer than others, and it is a great feeling when you can find a church that seems to fit you like a glove, but even then, there will be points of disagreement, there will be interpersonal drama, and so forth, because At the end of the day, we're talking about a group of imperfect people. So ultimately, you are going to settle for the best fit or possibly the least bad fit. This is a community that will hopefully help you grow spiritually, but also keep in mind that you have a lot to offer them. Even if they have a glaring deficiency in some area, maybe you can help them improve in that area. In fact, you may be the key component that they've been missing this whole time, the person that takes them from being an okay-ish church to being a great church. Also, if you're following point number one, if you're listening to what God is telling you throughout the process, you may end up surprised about exactly what kind of church you end up in. I'm a person who is, by nature, introverted and quiet and not really flamboyant in any way. For some reason, God saw fit to put me in a Pentecostal church where a lot of things happen that, frankly, I'm not always super comfortable with. And it's not because I don't believe that God is doing something. It's because I genuinely like to just sit down and be quiet. But that stretches me. It helps me to grow as a Christian because it gets me out of my comfort zone. And I can't believe I just said that because that's such a cliche. But that is something that is valuable. Point number six is to take your time as the process goes on. Most people wouldn't just walk onto a car lot and buy the first vehicle that they see without any prior thought. 
No, you take it for at least one test drive, you do your research on that make, model, and year, you look up safety ratings, you look up recalls, and you do that process several times over with different vehicles. Maybe that one smelled a little too much like dogs and cigarettes, and this one over here had a weird-sounding transmission, and this one seems just about right, but you have a really bad feeling about the salesman. Then eventually you find the right car, in the right condition, at the right price, and when you are convinced of it, that's when you buy. Well, a car probably isn't going to help form your character and be a big part of your relationship with your creator for the next several years or even decades, so it's a much smaller decision than finding a church. Go slow, ask questions, and do your research so that when you do decide to join this particular congregation, you can really dive in with your whole heart because you know that you've done the research. So now we get to the real question, which is how to actually conduct the search for a church to be a part of. To start down that road, let me ask you, as a hypothetical church seeker, this one question. How did you become a Christian? Or if you're not one already, what's motivating you to look for a church? Chances are that somebody you know is involved in that process, and chances are that somebody is connected to a church somewhere. There's no rule stating that you can't just go to church with them, although you also don't have to. My point is that those relational connections are a great way to find a church because you already know somebody there. Every church I've ever been a part of for any length of time has been one that I found mostly because I knew one of its members. An obvious example here is that I grew up going to my parents' church, but then in high school I was part of a group of friends mostly through the drama club at my school of all places that went to a different church. They were Methodists, and I started attending with them for the next several years. Another example is that I found my current church because I was in a band, and the drummer invited me to a few evening services, and eventually I fell in love with the community, and here I am still some 16 years later. A related topic is that denominational or church network connections can be helpful here. That's a link. And yes, to answer part of listener Michael's original question, most denominations do have a website or a searchable directory of churches. Some will even help facilitate your move by transferring your membership credentials, if that's a thing that they do, and by communicating between the pastors so that the new church is expecting you. Now, I will grant that sometimes you don't have any of those luxuries. Say you just moved to another city for work, you don't know anyone, and you really are starting off on square one. So what do you do in that case? If you're truly starting from scratch with your church search, my advice is to start your search as close to home as possible. You see, in the Bible, we don't see any evidence of rival churches serving the same neighborhood or people having to choose whether they want to go to a Pauline church or a Petrine church or any of that denominational foolishness. What we see instead is people who opened their homes and met together on a regular basis because they worshipped and followed the same Jesus. What that says to me is that the ideal arrangement might be one church per neighborhood or one church per city block or however large an area can all have fellowship together. Now, that's not exactly how it works out nowadays in real life, and sometimes there are very legitimate reasons for that. Like, if you speak Spanish and there aren't many Spanish believers in your area, you may end up driving a little farther, but it's worth it to go and find a church that conducts services that you are personally able to participate in. Most of us, on the other hand, don't have that kind of scarcity 
driving our searches. If anything, we're looking at a situation where there are too many churches to choose from. And at that point, I know this can be an incredibly daunting task. To some degree, it would be much easier if there was only one church for you to go to, because then you're stuck with these people, but you will make it work. Because we do have to make a choice here, I'll say that you still want to choose a church that's as close as possible, but it doesn't have to be the nearest church, and it doesn't hurt to shop around a little bit first. That process can be awkward at times. Now, if I had to find a new church today in a new area, I'm going to be honest, I would start with Google Maps. I would identify maybe the closest dozen or so churches to my house, and I would start by looking at their websites, doing a little bit of investigation. Now, websites can tell you a little bit, but honestly, I find that most churches have the same things on their websites. They say things like, we're about community, and we're following Jesus, and we believe everything that's in the Apostles' Creed. There's not a whole lot there to go off of as far as differentiating one church from another. I'm not going to choose a church just based on its website alone. Still, what websites can do is help you weed out some of the weirdos. Going a little further, there is something to be said for simply driving past their facility if they have one. And once again, that can tell you a little bit about them. I would also really recommend checking out their social media presence if they have any. You know, do they post? Does anyone from the leadership do any kind of podcasting or microblogging? That will give you a lot more about their personality as well as what they actually teach and believe. Especially since the pandemic and all the lockdowns happened, a good number of churches also have been live streaming their services, and that will get you a lot closer to understanding who they are as a people group. But ultimately, there's nothing like actually just showing up, meeting the people, and participating in a few events. Just like how I said earlier that it's a good idea to try a few different churches over the course of your search, it's also not a bad idea to try the same church multiple times before you make a decision. Easter Sunday morning is going to be a very different vibe compared to a Wednesday night prayer meeting a few weeks later. Basically, this is all about gathering as much data as possible, even though we don't really call it that out loud. It's making the most informed decision that you can based on what you can learn about these people. And by the way, when I say information, I don't just mean facts or statements off of their website. I really mean that plus experiences, plus intuitions, impressions, and over the course of gathering all that data, one church usually will emerge as the one that makes the most sense. But even then, keep praying about it, keep asking God, is this the right move? And if he says yes, or even if he says maybe, all right, go ahead and proceed. If he says no, if he says, how, wait a minute, then wait a minute. Keep doing what he says and keep a listening ear toward heaven to get more insight. Now, going back to Michael's question, let me say a few things about clothing choices. Some churches tend to be pretty formal for their Sunday morning gatherings, while others are entirely casual. At the church where I'm a member, you might see somebody wearing a jacket and a tie, but most of us are in t-shirts. Some are even in flip-flops and shorts, though that's not unusual for any kind of gathering because I do live in Virginia Beach. My advice here, especially if you're showing up in a new place without the advantage of a mutual friend to show you around and introduce you, is to show up dressed as yourself. 
but at least dress nicely enough to be comfortable meeting new people. But it's also worth saying that if they can't welcome you on your first day there regardless of what you look like, maybe you don't want to go to that church anyway. The bottom line here, really, is that I firmly believe God does not care at all what you happen to wear to a meeting. There is no dress code for worship in the Bible, and aside from avoiding garments that might be too revealing and meeting basic hygiene requirements to avoid offending other people unnecessarily, there really shouldn't be a dress code for worship in churches either. I hope that part makes sense, and if it still doesn't, somebody please send me an email. One last topic to cover here is that there is one option that's still on the table. I'd say it's kind of a last resort for most people, but if you keep searching and searching and you still can't find a church, start your own church. All you really need is a place to gather and a time that you can set aside for God, and of course, you need at least one other believer who can join you. If you have that, technically, biblically, what you've got is a church. Now, if it's at all possible, even if you're going to start your own thing, I would strongly urge you to do this while maintaining affiliation with some other church or organization for the purpose of accountability and oversight. Basically, you want to have someone outside your little circle that has the right to question you if you start to get lost in the weeds. Hey, what's this that you taught about? I don't really see that in scripture. Or, hey, there's a better way to handle this type of situation that treats the people involved with a little more dignity. The reason behind this caveat is basically so that you don't go and inadvertently start a cult. History is full of examples where people ended up creating their own little kingdom only to let the absolute, unchecked power get to their heads. And they've ended up in some very, very weird places, whether it's in terms of their practices or their beliefs. I probably don't have to go too far into that because there are so many of them that have happened. If you can't think of one, I'm just going to give you two words. Kool-Aid. That may bring up some memories. If it doesn't, look it up. Point is, some things happen, and they keep happening because there is no oversight, because that safety net is removed. The point here is that you don't want to go there, and having somebody to look over your shoulder every so often can help keep you from turning into that guy. Now, if you're going to start your own church, I recommend keeping it small, especially as it starts out, because then you can be very intentional about establishing the culture and the traditions that you have in mind and basing them on the Bible instead of bringing in a lot of other people's baggage and weird beliefs that can easily crowd out what you're trying to do. Also, I want to say this one more time, and then I'll be done. There is no rule in scripture that says you can't be part of multiple communities. It's great to have regular fellowship, especially with a diverse group who are all connected to other different churches. If it's at all possible while you plant or explore new churches, do your best to keep your affiliation with your old church. That's all the additional material that I have for this topic at this time. Once again, in case you missed it in the beginning, this was a question from a listener asking for more practical tips on finding a church after he listened to Season 3, Episode 4 of this podcast. By the way, I'm going to retroactively configure this episode so that it shows up in the season right after that one, making this a part two of two kind of situation. So if you are listening through season three, stay tuned for what I believe would be episode six, How to Worship God.
I want to thank you for bearing with me through almost an hour now of combined material on this topic. I hope it's been very helpful to someone. If you know anyone who's looking for a church, or honestly, if you know anyone who's facing any other challenges in following Jesus, this is your friendly reminder that this podcast may be very helpful to them. So feel free to spread the word. Meanwhile, I will see you next time, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Finchwood Discipleship Podcast, conversations for people who want to be more like Jesus. If you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe now and consider sharing it with your friends. For more information about this episode's topic or to continue the discussion, please consult the show notes. See you next time.